and a glorious, blessed new year to each one of you. 2024 will be our best and greatest year in Jesus' wonderful name. And thank you for being with me. And today I, I continue a wonderful teaching I began on the Beatitudes. There's so much in there. And like I said always, to Jesus be the praise. And let's just pray, Lord, thank you for your word. I pray you'll enrich your people right now, Lord, as they hear your blessed word. To you be all the glory, precious Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, I've been talking to you about this amazing portion of Scripture that begins with, blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning those who come to the end of themselves and begin to trust God fully. Number two, blessed are they that mourn, those who mourn over their sins, who repent, who come to God in repentance. And the following is, blessed are the meek. Now, the meek are those individuals that uh, will not justify themselves, but look to God to justify them. And then, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So, those who are poor in spirit, who do not trust themselves, who come to the end of themselves, those who mourn and cry over their sins and are broken because of their sins, looking to God for forgiveness. Those who are meek who don't justify themselves but looking to God to justify them. In them will be a hunger for righteousness. But you do know that we cannot bring forth that about ourselves. <clears throat> so... It's those in the, uh, individuals who turn away from self. Um, they don't trust in themselves. They trust the Lord and only the Lord for righteousness. And I think the, 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 the best way we can explain uh, Matthew 5, 6 is go to the book of Romans. Because in, in Romans, there's so much depth about what that really means. But before we go to Romans, let's go to Isaiah. I want to show you something in Isaiah. Because Paul the Apostle really used what Isaiah said about it to explain how we obtain righteousness. But let's look at Isaiah 45 and verse 8, a most remarkable verse. It says, drop down, ye heavens, from above. Let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Now, here you see the coming of Jesus to earth in the first portion of this verse, and the resurrection in the second portion of this verse. Notice one more time. Maybe you haven't seen this before, but this is very beautiful. Drop down, ye heavens, from above. That's the coming of the Lord to earth 2,000 years ago. Let the skies pour down what? Righteousness. Wow. 
that the skies pour down righteousness is the coming of Jesus to earth because he is righteousness who came to earth. Watch what it says now. Let the earth open, resurrection. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation. Let the earth open, that's the Lord's resurrection. Bring forth salvation. Who is our salvation? Well, the Lord. So here you see the coming of the Lord and the resurrection of the Lord spoken of in Isaiah 45, verse 8. And very few people, when they read that, connect the Lord in this verse. But it's so beautiful, isn't it? Drop down, ye heavens, from above, from above the coming of the Lord. That the skies, and I'm not talking about the second coming, I'm talking about the first coming, when the, when the Lord came to earth the first time. Drop down, you heavens, from above. Let the skies pour down righteousness. That's when Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago. Let the earth open, his resurrection. Let them bring forth salvation. Let the earth bring forth salvation, meaning the Lord raised from the dead. And let righteousness spring up together. Now, it's really quite interesting that that uh, portion here is what Paul saw when he said in Romans 4, 25, something so powerful. So keep in mind what I just read. Let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it, meaning the church, because he declared us righteous. And let's go to Romans 4 and verse 25 to understand that portion in Isaiah. So uh, let's just go back, in fact, and read uh, verse 24 and 25. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, he's talking, talking about righteousness by faith. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, but was raised again for our justification. And that's what Isaiah said in that last portion of Isaiah 45. So it's so precious to see that. And in fact, I want to go back after we've, we have read this, that the Lord was raised again, raised up again for our justification. And remember what Isaiah said about this in that last portion of verse 8. He said, oh, I love this. Let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. Ah, the Lord have created it. So righteousness came to the church. That's why we see them. That righteousness speak, spring up together. It speaks about a union with the church, the togetherness of the church, the them and the Lord, togetherness. And I, the Lord, have created the, the, the church. So there's, there's some amazing uh, portions in Isaiah I want to show you before we go to Romans. In Isaiah 46, for, for example, and verse 12 and 13, it says, Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted or rebellious, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. 
it shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. It's all talking here about the Lord. And I will, I will place salvation in Zion, or the church, for Israel my glory. So hearken unto me, you who are rebellious, that are far from righteousness. I'm bringing near my righteousness to you. It shall not be far off, and my salvation will not tarry. That's the Lord coming to earth to give the church righteousness as they trust him by faith. And we see so much in the Old Testament about this that's quite remarkable. For example, and I'll get to Romans because it's something so powerful, but I want you to see Isaiah first because it will really help you understand Romans when you when when you see these scriptures and connect them because Paul knew Isaiah, and that's why he wrote what he wrote in Romans. My righteousness, Isaiah 51, 5, my righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth. And by the way, that word salvation in Hebrew is always Yeshua, or my salvation, Yeshua T. My salvation is the name of the Lord himself, Yeshua. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and mine arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on my arm shall they trust. Well, the arm of the Lord himself is the Lord. So we see in all these scriptures how the Lord is our righteousness. And in Isaiah 56, let's go to Isaiah chapter 56. And we're going to look together at verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment or justice, and do justice or righteousness. For my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Again, about the Lord, who is the righteousness of God. And finally, from Isaiah 61, and look at this remarkable verse, I'm sure you've read, and verse 10, which says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. Now, this is the Lord Jesus speaking here. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Wow. That is so amazing that he he says he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Now, when you read these scriptures, then we can begin to understand a little more. Now let's go to Romans chapter 1. Now we, we can begin to understand a little more that all through the gospel this is possible. Only through the gospel. Because what Paul wrote, he took from Isaiah. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Romans 1.16. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, 
the just shall live by faith. And we saw very clearly from Isaiah that the Lord is the righteousness of God. And only through the gospel, only through the gospel it is given. And also please notice that when we read Isaiah, how salvation and righteousness were mentioned together in all those scriptures I, I, I read to you. Salvation and righteousness are always together because he is our salvation. The Lord is our Yeshua. He is our righteousness. All right. Now, the scriptures, many in the Old Covenant, I mean, I just read some of them, but the scriptures in the Old Covenant always declare the Lord as our righteousness, but Paul explains that only through faith in him can we receive that. Because the Bible is very clear that not one is righteous, no, not one. Let's look at Romans chapter 3 together for a minute. This is so precious. Because it says in verse 22, well, let's, let's uh, go to verse, to verse uh, 20 from, from there on. That's Romans 3, verse 20 and down. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in, in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation or substitution through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. And how do we receive this? It, it continues to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Not about Jesus, in Jesus. Not that he was born, not that he came, for many believe only that that, they don't believe in. I've said this many times, I want to say it again. To be saved, you, you, you cannot be saved believing that Jesus came that Jesus died, that Jesus shed his blood, that Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus ascended on high, that Jesus is coming again, because the, the devil believes the same thing. But believing in the Lord, that's the key. Believing in the Lord means you trust the Lord with your soul. You trust the Lord with your life. See? Satan believes that, but he doesn't believe in the Lord. He doesn't trust the Lord. Many unbelievers believe that, but they don't believe in Jesus. Abraham believed 
in God. That's why God declared him righteous, because he trusted the Lord. So it says here, which believeth in Jesus. To, to these individuals, righteousness is granted. No different than when God declared Abraham righteous and justified when he believed in God, it says in Genesis. So it's important to see these scriptures tied into one about what did the Lord mean by blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What, what did it mean? Because on our own we can't attain that. We can't receive that. We cannot be righteous by trying to be righteous. Because it says, no, not one is righteous. That's in the, uh, in the Bible. But let's, let's keep, keep going with Romans. Let's look at verse 9, uh, sorry, uh, chapter 5, verse 19. Because here, Paul comes with this incredible declaration after he talks about how faith in Jesus declares us righteous. And he comes with this amazing declaration of Romans 5, 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, meaning Adam's disobedience. So by the obedience of one, Jesus, shall many be made righteous. How beautiful. Now, the sinner cannot attain righteousness, even if they're hungry for it, even if, if they desire it. They cannot attain it because the Bible is clear. And let's go again to Romans chapter 3, and let's look at verse 10, which I've been talking about anyways. It says, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Nobody is righteous. Nobody can, can, can attain that because it's impossible to do that in the flesh. So when Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, he was talking about those who were poor in spirit who depend on him, who mourn over their sins, who are meek and not looking to justify themselves, but who are hungry for the Lord himself. Now, God Almighty, let's go to Hebrews 10 for just a moment and verse 4. It's a powerful verse here. See how the Bible ties it all up for us together. In, in Romans 10, 4, it says, For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believes so here, it's clear, nobody can be righteous by themselves on their, with their own effort. Righteousness is given to those who believe. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So God has provided you and I with that perfect righteousness for each one of us that believe, because this righteousness demands holiness, which really comes only by faith in Jesus the Lord. And that satisfies 
God's demands for holiness when we trust his son for salvation. And now God's righteousness is imputed legally to the account of a believing sinner. A sinner who believes now is declared righteous legally by trusting in the Lord. So just as our sins were legally transferred to the Lord on the cross, his righteousness is legally transferred to us who believe. Because that's exactly what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. So he took upon him our sins, and he gives us in that place his righteousness. So 2 Corinthians 5, we all should know it by heart, I'm sure. Verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So you have to tie Matthew 5, 6 with what I've been talking about. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness belongs to those who are, who are poor in spirit to depend upon the Lord. It belongs to those who mourn and mourn over their sin and failures. Belong to those who depend on God and also who do not justify themselves. And now we come to this incredible portion in Matthew 5.20 that I'm sure when you got saved, and maybe even at this present time, you don't really fully understand it. But think about what the Lord is saying in verse 20. For I say unto you that except your righteousness should exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. What he's saying here is, and it's so powerful, that only a trembling soul, knowing that you and I cannot measure up to God's requirements, we see no help, we see no ability in self, which will cause us to mourn within ourselves to look for the Lord to be our rescuer. Now, the Pharisees here, the scribes and Pharisees, were trying to get their righteousness by themselves without the Lord. So what Jesus says is, except your righteousness will exceed well, how, how can you go beyond what the Pharisees accomplished? Because they could not attain to it by, by the law. We just read that earlier in Romans. Only through faith in Christ Jesus. Only through faith in Christ Jesus. No one will ever be justified by the deeds of the law, period. Paul in Philippians said that as a Jew, he was perfect before he came to the Lord. He said he saw himself as perfect. But he said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. 
So he in the flesh attained righteousness, being a Pharisee, to perfection. But that was all in the flesh. But he said, all I'm looking for is now to be declared righteous in him. So I count all but loss. You can read that in the book of Philippians. It's powerful. So here, someone who says, you know, how can I attain? I mean, if the, if the Pharisees and scribes could not attain it, how can I do it? By having a trembling heart, a trembling soul, poor in spirit, mourning, meek, one who says, Lord, I can't do it. I come to the end of myself. I don't trust myself. I'm not going to declare myself righteous. I cannot justify myself. And Lord, I cannot measure up to your requirements. I have no help in my own flesh. I have no ability in myself. So they begin to hunger to be relieved, to be delivered. And they, they have to go outside themselves. And that's what happened to you and me when we got saved. We went outside of, of ourselves. We contrasted in, in our own work. But what really did we look for? We looked for the person. Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, our salvation. Jesus, our righteousness. And that's what we saw in the Old Testament. In fact, I was just reading it today in Jeremiah 23, verse 6, something so powerful that has blessed all of us. It says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. I read it today in Hebrew, so powerful. The Lord our righteousness. So we're not looking for righteousness. We're looking for the Lord. Because he is our righteousness. And we, when you look for, for the Lord, let, let's quickly go. I just have a few more minutes. Isaiah 50, uh, sorry, 45, 24. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord, where would I be without the word of God? I'd be dead. Surely shall one say in the Lord, have I righteousness and strength. Only in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. So we live in him. We are free from death in him. And I'm talking about spiritual death. We are free in Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And then we will be filled with the Lord himself who is and that's what the Lord meant by they shall be filled. What does that mean? Filled with him. Filled with him. They shall be filled with the one who is the Lord, our righteousness. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, for he is the Lord. And that's what Paul meant, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth, Lord, you've shown us. Truly blessed are they who hunger and thirst after you. Our righteousness, you are our righteousness. We shall be filled. And Lord, I pray that this year, 2024, will be a year of 
living righteously, living in holiness, living in humility, living in the fear of the Lord, living in loving you, dedicated completely to your cause, your gospel. We give you all the praise. Let this be the best year we've known in every way, in Jesus' name. And Lord, no weapon formed against us will prosper this year. Every tongue that will arise against us in judgment, we condemn it in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, it's time to give to the work of the Lord. You know, giving is such a privilege. Giving to the Lord is such a privilege. And here we are, the first week of January of 2024. Let's give. It's such an honor to give to the Lord. It says, honor the Lord with your substance. We honor the Lord when we give. With the first fruits of all your increase, we honor the Lord when we give him our tithe. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your presses will burst out with new wine. Let's obey the Lord and see that happen this year, that our barns will be filled with plenty. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that their barns will be filled with plenty and their presses will burst out with new wine this year in the glorious name of Jesus. And to you be all the glory. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. You can sow your seat on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our uh, website, benin.org, which is the simplest way to do it. Or you can text BHM45777. And tomorrow, a powerful teaching. And please share this one with your friends. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.